When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. On the LaTeX Sports Network from Learfield, this is Inside Bulldog Football with Skip Holtz. Brought to you by Doghouse Sports Grill, official watch party host of LaTeX Athletics. Origin Bank, the official bank of Louisiana Tech Athletics. And by Northern Louisiana Medical Center, the official imaging partner of LaTeX Athletics. <laughs> now live from the Doghouse Sports Grill, here's your host, Malcolm Butler. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Doghouse Thank Sports Thank everybody Grill. for being here. Yep. In Ruston, Louisiana. It's time for Inside Bulldog Football. I'm Malcolm Butler, joined by Louisiana Tech head coach Skip Holtz. And we will take a look back at Saturday uh, in El Paso, Texas, as uh, painful as that will be for both of us to do. And then we will take a look forward at uh, this weekend's homecoming game uh, against UTSA. We'll also have special guest Matt Nantis at the bottom of the hour, the Lady Texture Bowling coach. Skip, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, and I certainly want to appreciate, say thank you for everybody being here. Uh, y'all are the diehards, you know what I mean? Y'all, y'all are the diehards, and I certainly appreciate uh, everybody being here because there certainly isn't uh, a lot of positive things to discuss. And I know, you know what, this is a, this is a win business, you know what I mean? And that's what, that's what we respond to. Everybody wants to win. We want to win. Uh, frustrating with our performance on Saturday night. Uh, I think there are some things that you can definitely build on, but there's definitely some things that we got to get straight and it was very uncharacteristic of this football team when you look at the way this football team has played even with some challenges that were uh you know your 20 point underdogs i think in two or three of the games that we've already played and you're down to the last possession this team has competed uh they've played really well unfortunately would hadn't been able to close that door uh to get a couple of those close wins but this one was uncharacteristic from that respect because uh we didn't play very well offensively we were 0 for 5 in the red zone we had three turnovers. We had two fourth down stops. I mean, there were some things that definitely were discouraging when you turn and look at the big picture of it. But the bottom line was only being able to put up three points was very uh, enough. It's not going to be enough to win. I thought our defense did what they had to do in the, the, the second through fourth quarters. I mean, obviously, we gave up 14 points on the first two possessions, gave up four third and long situations, seven or plus, that led to scores. Uh, but after that, they gave up three quarters in three quarters they gave up three points I thought they created four turnovers and they gave us a chance to get back into the game unfortunately we were able to move the ball a little bit and get from 120 to the next but we weren't able to punch the ball into the red zone and get points and uh, from that standpoint it was very frustrating and I said on the radio show after the game I mean as a head coach I gotta I gotta take responsibility for that I've got to do a better job and we've all got to look at it from the as we always say from the inside of the perimeter we all got to take a deep dive into what we could have done better at radio show earlier today you know because now UTEP is sitting at six and one um, you know they haven't played a power five team when you look at their strength of schedule it hasn't been very hard 
do you think the three losses has an effect on your team? And I'm not going to sit here and say that was the reason that we had a poor performance. But, uh, yeah, I think if you're sitting there undefeated, it's a completely different attitude and morale. And what we have to do as coaches is we got to have a short memory. we got to be like cornerbacks. You get beat, they say the best best thing you can have is a poor memory and get back up there and line up and go at it again. And, and much is true in life. You know what I mean? We does what happened in the last two weeks affect how you act today? Uh, sure it does. But what we've got to do in life is we got to put yesterday behind us. We've got to roll our sleeves up and say, what do we got to do tomorrow to be better? And that's that's the only way I know how to handle this. We can sit and we can cry about it, moan, groan, and complain about it. Uh, or we can take a deep dive into it, look at the problem, see what we can fix, control what we can control, get a little bit better, and get ready for next week. And that's the mindset that we've taken. And we've met with the team on Sunday. Uh, they are down they're disappointed uh, they wish they would have played better they realize there's some things that they could have done as coaches we realized there's things we could have done and we've got to own it we've got to put it behind us get it in our rearview mirror and learn from it and say how do we go forward and that's what we're that's what we're trying to do this week as we get ready for UTSA well I know on the pregame show Teddy and I talked about when you take a look at UTEP you know that was there was a lot of questions their record was good five and one you mentioned though you know the the teams they had beaten there was no North Carolina State there was no SMU there was no Mississippi State and no. so how good was this UTEP team we knew statistically they were really good yes uh, but sometimes that can be a little fool's goal I think on Saturday they showed that it's a pretty good football team no, they are a pretty good football team and I think Dana's done a good job I mean we all want to look at UTEP as the team that went one and eleven you know two years ago and then three years ago well, they're six and one right now, and they are. They're doing some good things, and they're playing with confidence. Now, uh, do I? I am no way, shape, or form justifying our performance <laughs> and the way we played. But when I look at when I look at them, I mean, defensively, they're doing a really nice job. We had talked about. They are built to run the ball and stop the run. And I thought our defense did a really good job uh, on Saturday. We gave up 2.2 yards per rush. When you start looking at guys up front, I think guys like uh, Keevy Rose, guys like Tristan Allen, it was great to see Willie Baker back and to see him out there playing and doing what he was doing. Deshaun Hall is playing really well right now. Michael Clark is playing well. It was great to have Cody Fult back out there. I could go through some great individual performances of the guys up front, the the three redshirt freshmen and Kershawn Fisher, Joseph Mason, and Ben Bell are playing a major factor right now in our front seven. And I think those guys did a did a really nice job, and they gave us a chance. They created uh, four turnovers. Uh, the uh, I think they did a really nice job defensively. But when I look at the UTEP team defensively, uh, I was impressed with the way they play. I mean, we made some plays and had some big plays and made some yards, but in critical situations, they did a nice job on the two fourth down stops where they uh, where they stopped us. I feel like we need to be able to make those, uh, but they did a really nice job with that, and they they did do a really nice job of playing the ball in the air and ended up with with three inter- with three interceptions. So uh, there's some things that I, obviously we got to do better. It was a very uncharacteristic performance by Austin Kendall. Austin Kendall has played really well to this point I take some responsibility for sure I think as the game sped up and we were down and felt like we needed to make some scores I put him probably in more of a drop back game and he does not need to be in that much of a drop back game uh, you got to look at him I look at his physical skills I look at his mental capabilities I look at his talent and I think he is a fifth year senior that can do some great things but when you look at him, he is a true freshman in this offense and putting the ball in his hands and just trying to throw the ball that many times out of the pocket. Uh, I don't think I'm being real fair to him, and i got to do a little bit more to help Austin because he's much better than he performed on Saturday for sure. Just a reminder to fans, if you got a question for Skip Holtz, you can text it to 318-614-4513. Again, 318-614-4513. I know uh, obviously we'll talk about uh, – this week's game uh, at the last segment, but I had a couple people come up today and just try to verify what time kickoff is Saturday. It is yes. a 6 o'clock kickoff from Joe Stadium against UTSA. That will be homecoming uh, for Louisiana Tech. Uh, talk a little bit about coming out of the UTEP game from a health standpoint. You know, it came out really – really pretty healthy and I think this week we have a chance to be probably as healthy as we've been we've got uh, we've got some bumps and bruises right now the right tackle Chris Fournier came out with an ankle uh, Trey Harris came out with a shoulder uh, Deshaun Hall came out with a shoulder we're gonna have to just see uh, 
Byron Rossell, the other tackle, came out with a shoulder. So they'll be limited a little bit in their practice this week. But from a positive standpoint, Sam Emulis should be back uh, with his knee. We'll get him back into the rotation as another receiver. I expect Levi Bell to be back this week, which he is a fan favorite as far as fun to watch and the energy and the way that uh, that he plays to have him back, I think, will be a positive thing. So uh, I think we came out of it relatively healthy. I mean, there's always four or five that you have to wait and see how they're going to respond if you can get some swelling down. It was a physical football game uh, for sure, but I think we should come out of it pretty clean from what I've seen to this point. I don't know if you mentioned Balin Buchanan. Balin Buchanan, we expect him to be back. We lost him early. Uh, just they put him in a in a concussion protocol system that uh, I know he wasn't very happy with. He was pulling on second quarter. Good. I know what a concussion is, but uh, you know, I, I told him I didn't even get my medical degree online, so I can't. I I don't have the. I don't have the know-with-all to be able to clear you. That has to be a medical decision from our doctors. And they're going to err on the side of safety. They're going to err on the side of safety. The last thing you want to do is put a young man out there that's going to do some form of permanent damage, especially with all the emphasis right now on concussions and the protocols and what that goes on with. But uh, I expect him to be fully cleared. He had no symptoms uh, on Sunday, had no symptoms again today. And so I would imagine he'll be cleared to start the concussion protocol of a return, which is about a five-day process which should clear him by game time. Uh, UTEP takes uh, the opening kickoff. It was an impressive drive by the Miners, 75 yards, mm-hmm. 13 plays. They converted some third and longs on that drive, uh, scored to go up 7 nothing. Uh, we go three and out, punt it away. They get the long return back right. to the 34-yard line. Uh, four plays later, they're up 14 to nothing. Outside of that, and you mentioned it, but defensively, your football team played as well as they've played all year. I agree with that. I, I do. There was we gave up one 60-yard play in man coverage when they threw a deep. They maximum protected, threw a deep corner round, a deep corner route, and kind of got Cedric Woods turned around a little bit. But uh, outside of that, I did. I thought our defense played really well. And really, what we did was we were in. Uh, we tried to go into it to say, as we talked about before, going into it, they ran the ball, they ran the ball, they ran the ball, and we said we got to stop that. We got in. We went in with a game plan to play a little bit more man coverage. We gave up three third and longs or four third and longs in the first two possessions. And that's when we said, let's get out of man. Let's put a little bit more pressure on that front seven. And I thought the Ezekiel Barnett's, the linebackers, all four of them, the, the seven guys up front, I thought really played well and did a nice job of stopping the run and giving us a chance to play a little bit more zone coverage. We created DJ Jackson, created a fumble, uh, Broderick Calhoun, two guys that came off the bench and created turnovers in the football game. Uh, Jaden Cole created a fumble, recovered a fumble, had an interception. Uh, I thought was very active, but I would agree. I think I'd like to think that our defense is really starting to come into their own, and that's more of what we're going to see as we play the second half of the season is what we saw in the early parts of the season where we gave up so many yards from a passing game standpoint. Uh, and you mentioned uh, UTEP likes to run the football. They only had 102 yards on the ground on 44 carries. Yes. Two and less than two and a half yards yep. of carry. So your defense did what they needed to do against the run. They did. I can't I can't fault our defense. Like you said, the first quarter we gave up the 14 points, but after that, uh, I thought it was pretty much a shutdown. They gave up three points, I mean, the rest of the day. And I thought they did what they needed to do to give the offense a chance to come back and win the game. They needed to stop the bleeding, get the ball back, and I thought they were able to do that. The, you know, the been turned into points, but fortunately we weren't uh, we were five in the red zone as an offense, and we did move some of them down, just couldn't get them in the end zone. The defense, I thought David Blackwell, the coaches, the the players really stepped up. I thought they they turned it up. They played a really physical football game, and as we talked about, guys came off the bench. Balin Buchanan went out uh, in the first quarter, and Elijah Hamilton and Zach Hannibal stepped in. Both played about 35 plays and did a really nice job up front. Khalil Ladler and Miles Mason, two guys outside of B.J. Williamson and Jaden Cole, uh, stepped in and really did a nice job. Cody Fulp and uh, Mackie Carabin did a really nice job. Uh, like I said, Ben Bell, Kershawn Fisher, a lot of those guys. We had a lot of guys step up off the bench uh, that aren't starters, and we really uh, it's good to see because if you have 22 guys that you can roll on defense and keep guys fresh, then I think it gives us a chance, and I was really excited about the way the defense played. 
you know, I mentioned they had 44 rushes. I think they threw it 29 times. But early in the game, they came out and they threw it a little bit more than I had anticipated right off the bat. Do you think that was just schematically what against what we were showing them defensively? Or uh, what do you think led to that? Well, I think really early they didn't have a lot of success running the football. I mean, when you look at it. And, um, and then they were able, we were loading the box and trying to play a little bit more man, and they started maximum protecting and taking some shots down the field. We didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, uh, but that's because we'd be rushing with five, and they were protecting with seven. You know, I mean, they were keeping their five linemen in, the running back in, the tight end in, and maximum protecting and taking some shots down the field. And uh, I think their receivers, I mean, we had talked about, you know, what they were doing offensively and the yards they had putting up and the receivers, Cowley, how good he was, number six, and he proved to be as good as advertised. We struggled trying to cover him in a one-on-one situation. And uh, so we went into a little bit more zone, uh, and then they went back to try and run in the ball a little bit and just weren't able to do it. We took the passing game away more with our zone coverage, losing our top cover guy with Balaam Buchanan and some of those other guys stepping in. But I thought they did a really nice job defensively. I, I can't, like I said, I'm really pleased with the defense and the way they have evolved, the way they're coming. I know we had some games early where we gave up a lot of yards passing, but as we've talked about, I think our, our two wins are against teams that are 6-6 six and six right now, total record, and our four losses are teams that are like 20-5. and five. You know, I mean, we've played some really good football teams, and uh, I believe three of them right now are ranked when you talk about SMU, NC State, and now, well, UTSA coming up. Uh, but we have, we've played some really good football teams, but it was certainly nice to see our defense step up against a, a talented offensive football team to see what they did. The next question is not to make excuses, but None. it is always difficult when we go to El Paso. It doesn't matter how good they are, how bad they are, how good we are. It seems like it is always a struggle out there. And I have, I was asked that question today. And again, it's not an excuse right. and I'm certainly, but. Uh, to be able to win it is a hard place to play and I I wish I had a reason for it is it the time zone is it the length of travel is it the lack of humidity there to here is it the you know the thin air the late stuff I don't I don't know, but it is a difficult place to play for sure, and it's always windy there, and it was windy for sure Saturday night. But you know what? It, the wind blew for both teams. Right. You know what I mean? We both had to play in the same stadium, so make no mistakes, but uh, it is a difficult place to get to to play. Let's talk a little bit about special teams. They yep. had the big punt return they did. Uh, that uh, hurt us to, just to break down on coverage right there. Yeah, I mean, and it was frustrating because it was two of our better special team players. You know, when you look at uh, two guys on the left side, both the guard or the uh, tackle and the sprinter uh, went down the field and we do a I mean you do a drill where the first one out you never trail one of your own players if you're trailing one of your players you're on the left side you got to fan out to be five and five and what you're trying to create is a V and the right side of the field did a fantastic job I mean it's set up you could almost pause it and say here's a picture perfect view of what it's supposed to look like how we're supposed to cover it and you look at the left side and it's a straight line you know, I mean, instead of guys starting to fan out, if you're number two, you fan. If you're three, you even get wider to make sure that you can fan the field like a V. Uh, unfortunately, we, we didn't do it. I mean, we weren't able. And, and again, it's I wish I could explain it to you because it's two of our more accountable, reliable, dependable special teams players that have played a prominent role, that have played a lot of football. They weren't, they're not freshmen. They're not rookies. It wasn't the first time in. They weren't called to action because of an injury. Uh, they've done it for us all year and done a really nice job. But on that play, we just didn't fan out, and we gave him the field, and he got back to the field and got a big return on us. One thing we didn't have to worry about the other night, and that was kickoff returns. I don't think either team had an opportunity to return a kickoff. No, I mean, they had the one after the safety. They got the one after yeah, the safety was the only the 20, one but, yeah. but from the 20. But other than that, you're right. There, there was no and, – and you get into that wind, and it certainly made, certainly made a difference. But I thought both kickers did a really nice job. And talking special teams, I can't say enough about Cesar Barajas. I mean, finally, I think everybody had an opportunity to see what we've been watching at practice. You know, I kept talking about – Finally, we've got a guy that can punt the ball 44 yards in the air. Uh, we've got an opportunity to cover some things. He averaged 50 and a half yards a punt. I thought he did an excellent job, and it was really nice to see uh, him show up because it's one thing when you do it in practice all the time, but uh, you got to be able to take it to a game. And as easy as that may sound as we sit here uh, at the doghouse tonight, it seems like really difficult when you're 18 to 22 years old and the lights come on to be able to take that out there and be able to perform. 
Saturday, and like I said, under the ball for a 50-yard average. So uh, I, I am hoping that we're going to start to see more of that moving forward uh, than some of the nervous energy that we saw earlier in the season. But Caesar did a nice job. Uh, uncharacteristically, Jacob Barnes really missed his first kick of the season, uh, a 40-yarder, which I have become accustomed to kind of a ho-hum. I expect it now. When I send him out there, it's like, all right, uh, get kick, you know, get kickoff right. ready. I don't even think about him missing the ball. I have become very custom, and I know it's not as automatic as he makes it all the time. But uh, he showed a little bit that he was human. You know what I mean? But I can't say enough positive things about him and how accurate he has been for us so far uh, this season. And even though the the blocked field goal goes into the record books on his record as a missed kick. Uh, I certainly don't think he would have missed it had we been able to protect it a little bit better at Mississippi State. Cesar Barajas, you mentioned him, a 71-yard punt. I think it was from our own 25. And, yes. Uh, not only was it 71 yards, it went out of bounds at like the four-yard line. I mean, it doesn't get any much better than that. It was like he had a steering wheel on yep. the ball when it was going down the middle of the field, and he just turned it left to go out of bounds and uh, did a great job. I mean, I thought Caesar played Caesar played really well. And just like I said, he's starting as a transfer. You know, you come in, you got to make new friends. You've got to feel comfortable around a football team again. Uh, and I think he's really starting to come into his own and really starting to feel comfortable. And it was nice to see the performance that he had Saturday for sure no doubt about it uh, UTEP wins 19 to 3 we'll talk some more about that ball game when we come back we'll be right back with more of inside bulldog football you're listening to lots at sports network from Learfield the Hampton Inn by Hilton of Ruston is a proud hotel partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and the recipient of the Louisiana Travel and Promotion Association Accommodations of the Year. We are just minutes from Louisiana Tech campus and stadiums and take great pride in providing our guests exceptional service while they're in town visiting our beautiful community. With our spacious guest rooms, free internet, complimentary breakfast, and friendly staff, our guests are sure to experience true Southern hospitality. Come visit the Hampton Inn by Hilton of Ruston. We will ever loyal be. Bulldog fans help the red and blue go green by recycling on Bulldog and Lady Texters game days. In partnership with the city of Ruston, Graphics Packaging International, and Pepsi, Louisiana Tech Athletics is working towards a more sustainable game day. Be on the lookout for the city of Ruston blue recycling bins to dispose all paper, plastic, and aluminum products. While you're watching the game, enjoy a refreshing Pepsi, and then dispose of your bottle and conveniently locate a receptacle throughout the stadium concourse. Ruston residents, for more information and to sign up for curbside recycling, visit rustonrecycles.org today. I'm Miss Louisiana Julia Claire Williams on behalf of the Louisiana Propane Dealers. We're all used to bad weather in Louisiana, and we know the benefits of clean, portable propane gas during those emergencies. But if your propane tank is ever damaged in a storm, you should have it inspected by a certified propane dealer. And if you ever smell gas, turn the system off at the tank and call your dealer immediately. Propane is safe energy for everyone, and we want to keep it that way. You are listening to Inside Bulldog Football with Skip Hulse, live from the Doghouse Sports Grill in Ruston, a family-friendly spot offering some of the finest food in the area. Doghouse is a tradition for Louisiana Tech football game days. Before or after the game, Doghouse has all your favorites. And when the Bulldogs are on the road, Doghouse Sports Grill is your away game party destination in Ruston. Anytime is a good time for an anytime burger or the locally revered buffalo chicken sandwich. Doghouse Sports Grill on Homer Street, Ruston, where the Bulldogs are always on. Welcome back to Inside Bulldog Football here at the Doghouse Sports Grill. Sorry about that. Skip Holtz and myself were talking a little football dead, off the air. Dead air is not good. No, it is not was. good. No, not good. That's our jobs to fill that. All right, so we're about to do that. Um, let's talk a little bit more on special teams. So yep. I, I got on my soapbox the other night, and I'm going to let you uh, clarify. So I think it was in the second quarter, the punt uh, to Louisiana Tech. Yes. Uh, Smoke Harris let it hit. It goes all the way and gets down at the one-yard line. One play later, it's the safety. Yes. I told Teddy on the air, if I was a head football coach, and I'm not, even in former life, I would put two return people back there because I hate to see the ball hit because most of the time it's going to take the role for the team. Agreed. 
I am in the same boat. I, I hate to see the ball hit the ground. I've done that before. I've put two returners back there. When you look at Smoke has done this so long, and one of the reasons he's back there is he does a great job of catching it, and he has he can track down about anything. And believe me, some of the punts that we get in practice from our own punters, he has had practice catching balls that he should not be able to get to. Uh, and I've seen him do it. But, you know, that punt was a 41-yard 40, punt with a 4.2-second hang time. Uh, easy in Smoke's range. I think uh, we just made a poor decision, and that is one of the reasons Smoke's back there is because he always makes good decisions. Uh, and unfortunately, that ball landed on the 22-yard line and bounced all the way down uh, all the way down to the one. But uh, we've got to do a better job of that. I think there's only one other ball so far this year that he's allowed to hit that I thought he should have made the decision to go up and catch it. He had the ball late in the game that he called fair catch, and he caught the ball and it bounced up in the air and he bobbled it, but then he secured it and they tackled him. And my complaint was as a punt returner, if you fair catch, you are protected under the rules until the ball hits the ground. The ball never hit the ground. I felt a flag should have been called when I said something. I was told that he. I mean, you know, I didn't say that way, uh, but that was something that I did not think Smoke should have taken a hit uh, on that one because he did bobble it, but under the rules because that's right. another question that I've gotten from a couple people. Why were they able to hit Smoke? They shouldn't have been. Uh, they shouldn't have been. You're protected in a fair catch signal until the ball hits the ground. And so I think Smoke is, a, is an excellent punt returner, and I think he's a dangerous weapon. And I've talked to Coach Smith. We've got to – We've got to we got to get him going. And you look at some of the quality teams that we've played, and some of the punters that we face that are punting the ball extremely high, forcing a lot of fair catches. But we've got to do a better job of at least getting him started. Because if we can get him started, he's fun to watch. Now, once he gets started with a punt return, everybody's standing up because something's about as exciting is about to happen in the stadium. And we've got a bit whether we've got to start doubling people, picking their best guys down the field, getting them cut off, putting a second returner back to play searchlight so he takes the first penetrator down. We've got to find a way to get Smoke Harris rolling again because he is a dangerous weapon as a punt returner, has made great decisions, unfortunately, on that one. I know that Smoke would love to have that opportunity back as well. Let's talk a little bit about offensively, which we've already addressed in the opening uh, again, three points, uh, 0 for 2 on basically fourth, fourth and a foot. Yep. Um, talk a little bit about, because this is something that Teddy and I, again, we're the experts up there during the game, right? Yep. Shotgun formation on fourth and a foot as yep. opposed to putting the, the quarterback under center. Yeah, I mean, you can put him under center, and then you're turning and handing the ball off, you know what I mean, to a, to a guy back. You also have the threat of – uh, you have the threat of a quarterback sneak. And one of the things we were trying to do on the second one, we did put the quarterback underneath. Yep. The, we put, did put him under the center to try and get everything pinched down because on the first one, uh, we had a we had a missed assignment and we had uh, one of our, our up-front guys should have been blocking a defensive end. He blocked out instead of blocking down. They pinched everything down when we came back to the second one. That's why we put the quarterback under the center to get them to pinch and try to run the ball outside. Unfortunately, we weren't able to execute it but um, there's two schools of thought you can get in the shotgun and when you then are handing the ball off you have an opportunity to read the end like what happened at Mississippi State well, that was right. a that was a short yardage situation we went hurry up quarterbacks in the shotgun they pinched everything inside brought a guy off the edge and Austin Kendall pulled it and ended up running 53 yards for a touchdown so that's one of the pros and cons of putting the quarterback under the center you can't block the end and you're turning your back to hand it off one of the pros to putting him in the shotgun is he has an opportunity to read a defensive end and be able to be a misdirection option on a short yardage situation so uh, there are pros to cons to both for sure Uh, we can do both in our offense but uh, unfortunately the two for that but uh, we did not execute either one of them weren't able to convert so talk a little bit about on the uh, on the first fourth and one I would I was surprised. We were a little surprised that they did not review that play a little longer because it sure looked like, from our vantage point, we're looking through it with Louisiana Tech glasses, that he got the first down. I was on the line, and it. I, again, I'm looking at it. I'm wearing blue and red too, so I mean, I know I'm not looking at it as a neutral voice. Right. Uh, but I thought he made it too. Unfortunately, what happens is when you get into that rugby scrum 
once they spot the it, once they spot it, reviews, there's nothing to change the ruling on the field. I think if the officials look at that and they want to make it a first down, they can make it a first down. If they don't, they can make it not a first down. And I will say that obviously they didn't want us to make it uh, because of the pile and the way it trans. You know, it's it, you're inches away, but um, you know they they call it the way they see it, and they didn't feel like he made the line to gain, and so. But it is certainly it was it was that close, and the game has got some human error in it. I mean, and if they they feel like they see him over the line, they'll mark him that way, and uh, vice versa. But yeah, it was. We've got to be able to get it. We don't need to leave that in the hands of the officials. And had we. Uh, blocked everybody up front so to speak i think we would have made it and that wouldn't have we would not have put it in the officials hands so uh, i'm not trying to say we missed that because the official we missed that because we didn't make it i mean we we got to do a better job up front and we've got to do a better job as a coaching staff of having a plan and i you know just looking at it we called timeout on the fourth and one uh i had a play called that not everybody agreed with on the headset, you know, I mean, and so we came back and pulled off of that. I wish I would have run the, the play that I believed in. You know, I wish I would have run it, but that's kind of, that's how calling a play goes. Sure. You're, you're calling 70 of them on the course of a night. Uh, you love some of them, some of them you're not in love with, but you got to call it and own it. And on that one, I wish I would have done it a little bit differently. I think there's a couple things I would have loved to have back a little differently. I, I didn't like the call back up in the goal line, you know, on the run play. I am. Um, Normally, I throw the ball out of the end zone because you put the ball in the quarterback's hands. Uh, let him get out of the pocket. He's got. He can throw it. He can run it. He can throw the ball away. I mean, I think it's much more protected. Uh, we ran a play that we've been having a lot of success with that night. Uh, unfortunately, on that one, we got a little bit of penetration. I think the running back saw that he was deep in the end zone and tried to just get back to the line and he cut it up inside and he should have continued around the edge but I mean those are some of the mistakes that that we made that we've got to do a better job as a staff and myself especially as a head coach that I got to do a better job of so I've got to I've got to own it I got to take ownership in it and I've got to do a better job of giving our players an opportunity to make some of those difficult or our own end on the Austin Kendall obviously did not have an Austin Kendall night. A lot of that kudos to UTEP and what they did defensively. There were yep. times it looked like there were 13, 14, 15 defenders out there. There just didn't seem to be a lot of separation between our receivers and their DBs. No, they did a nice job. When they got the lead, when they got up 14 points, they started rushing three and dropping eight. And when you start dropping eight, there's a lot of defenders back yep. there. You know, you're playing with four or five receivers back there running around, and uh, and they're playing with eight defenders. So uh, they almost double all of them, you know, which makes it harder to find it. It's something that's becoming more and more popular in college football today is dropping eight and only rushing three. Uh, but they did a really nice job. I do. I give them credit for it. They the first 14 points being up 14 nothing gave them the opportunity to change some things maybe run the ball a little bit more punt it away uh and they did they did they did a nice job but austin kendall i i feel really bad for him like i said because i put him in a position where he had to have the ball in his hands and sit in the pocket uh with an awful lot going at him from uh playing a number of different coverages. They played two-man. They played two. They pressured us. They played one. They did a number of different things and putting the ball in his hands and him sitting back there. As a guy that's been in this offense for two or three months, I've got to simplify it a little bit more, and I can't put him in that position. And it looked like uh, we talked about the red zone struggles. He yeah. made a couple of – threw a couple of interceptions in the red zone, and it looked like at that point he was pressing a little bit, trying to make something happen. I, I agree with that. And, I mean, and the shame of it, he goes back watching it on film. He didn't need to press. He made some of the right reads. He just – the one ball that was intercepted on the goal line, we had – uh, Ivan Thomas, who's one of our taller, more vertical uh, receivers, that ball he's just got to throw it up by the throw it up by the upright and let him go ten feet up in the air and go get it, you know. And unfortunately, he just threw the ball a little bit flat. He went, he made the right read. He just he had a poor throw. Same thing on his last interception. It looked like he almost threw it right to the guy. Uh, he said the ball just came out funny on that one. But uh, I think Austin, like I said, I I know Austin was frustrated with his performance. I was frustrated with myself that I didn't do more uh, to be able to help them. But certainly we need to score more than three points as an offensive football team when we're playing in a conference game like that, for sure. No doubt about it. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Louisiana Tech head bowling coach Matt Nantes. We'll be back. You're listening to Inside Bulldog Football 
on the LaTeX Sports Network from Learfield. We're about living in the moment. You know, that moment when you open a Pepsi and hear the music. We're the doers, the shakers, the tastemakers. The ones who dance to their own beat. The ones who stay cool when things heat up. Whether the party is big or small. We're the ones who never want it to end. The ones who can't stop. And never will. The beat starts at Pepsi.com. Pepsi. Live for now. This football season, visit Rustin Apothecare for all your prescription needs. Locally owned and operated by Rustin native Heather Jewel Fur, Rustin Apothecare puts their customers first. A friendly staff and a convenient drive-thru keeps picking up your prescription painless. Visit Rustin Apothecare, located at 1680 East Kentucky Avenue in Rustin, or call 318-255-3223. Proud partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics. Life's just more fun on a new Easy Go from Fairway Carts in Minden. It's more fun tailgating or camping with the family with an Easy Go multi passenger cart. It's more fun hunting and doing farm chores with an Easy Go utility cart. And Fairway Carts always has a great selection of Easy Go gas or electric carts with the performance you need and the value to please any budget. Have more fun on a new Easy Go from Fairway Carts in Minden. Call 318 371 CART and go Bulldogs! Hi, I'm Miss Louisiana Julia Claire Williams on behalf of the Louisiana Propane Dealers. I'm sure you know that clean, affordable propane gas is used in houses across our state. It's used in cooking, water heaters, drying clothes, and heating homes. But did you know that if you ever run out of propane, you need a certified dealer to inspect your system for leaks before it's refilled? That's the law. Propane is safe energy for everyone, and we want to keep it that way. The Hampton Inn by Hilton of Ruston is a proud hotel partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and the recipient of the Louisiana Travel and Promotion Association Accommodations of the Year. We are just minutes from Louisiana Tech campus and stadiums and take great pride in providing our guests exceptional service while they're in town visiting our beautiful community. With our spacious guest rooms, free internet, complimentary breakfast, and friendly staff, our guests are sure to experience true Southern hospitality. Come visit the Hampton Inn by Hilton of Ruston. We will ever loyal be. Uh, welcome back to the Doghouse Sports Group. This is Inside Bulldog Football. I'm Malcolm Butler, joined by Lady Texture Head Bowling Coach Matt Nantis. And, uh, Coach, welcome to the show. Uh, I told uh, told you I'm going to ask you about two or three questions. Uh, I know that you uh, have no, – you're a lot like Skip. Uh, you can be very, very detailed with answers, and that's what I like about it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about last year, Matt. Uh, your team coming off a historic season, earned its highest ranking in program history. Lady Texas ranked fifth in the National 10-Pin Coaches Association February poll. Uh, you earned your first ever spot in the uh, in the postseason tournament, and you were actually a national seed. Just talk a little bit about from when you got here to last year and the progression of this program. Okay, I'll try to do it quick. Um, uh, the first year, um, we didn't expect – well, I didn't expect us to have a great season. I knew we'd get better. Um, coming in and speaking with the team the first day, uh, I think they went into culture shock when I explained how we were going to get to where we needed to be. Um, they bought into it, and after about the third tournament, they really started gelling and, and getting better. And then the progress is – how do you get somebody to come to Ruston, Louisiana for bowling? Um, and I had two great players that came in that second year, uh, Ashley Chanel and Caitlin Eater. And Caitlin ended up being rookie of the year that year. And, and Ashley had a great year also. And that enabled me to start bringing in some better players uh, from all over the country. Um, and, and a lot of it was we don't have the glitz and glamour as some of my competitors like Vanderbilt, Nebraska, and, and some of the others, but the culture and, and the small town feel and 
you know, just all the little things that we do here is what attracted most of the team that came in. Talk a little bit about recruiting as far as bowling goes. Uh, how many do you have on a roster? How many scholarships do you have? And what are you looking for? Uh, we have five scholarships right now. I have 12 girls on the roster, which is quite a bit. Um, for me, the first thing I look at is character. Uh, anytime I'm out recruiting, uh, I watch how they handle themselves, how they talk to their parents. Um, because in our sport, there's no separation between parents and athletes. They're right on top of us all the time. So that's the main thing. I mean, obviously, I want somebody with talent. Uh, but if they don't have that character and, and, and positive attitude, um, they're not going to work well here. How did you get into being a bowling coach? I know you've got a military background. Uh, how did you transition into being a bowling coach? Well, actually, I started coaching two weeks after I started bowling. Um, I went to high school in Detroit, and uh, the school I went to was a little bit rough. And uh, my sophomore year, the counselor said, you know, if you take a bowling class, you get out of the building for an hour. So I said, sign me up. Um, they signed me up on a, a youth league on that Saturday. And uh, two weeks after that, they sent me to a coaching school because I was going in early helping the little kids pick up balls. So I started coaching basically two weeks after I started bowling. And, and while I was in the military, every country I went to, I would go into bowling centers and help and, and do things. And I got out of the military, and my brothers were in high school bowling. So I started coaching high school and junior programs and, and just kept going. And then some of the girls I was recruiting were getting recruited by colleges, and I got an opportunity to uh, – being assistant coach at Robert Morris um, for my first year. And, you know, we were ranked number one in the nation at that school um, on that side. I uh, went to a championship there and then went to Valparaiso the next year. And uh, that was my first stint as being the head coach. So I only knew what an assistant coach did. I really didn't know everything for a head coach. But, uh, you know, went in. We went from 18 to number one in one jump. Uh, in the polls and uh, went to a national championship with that team. Um, but, you know, some the support is is the big thing. You know, a lot of the parents and and the staff and everything at the schools, that, that really helps uh, get things going. Give us some names of some of your bowlers this year. Who's doing well for you so far? Well, we've had one event um, and we finished third. Well, we had two events. We finished third and first. And uh, we didn't make any subs. Normally, I sub girls out um, if they're struggling a little bit. This The first event, we didn't do that at all. I wanted the girls to get in there. It was kind of like a tune-up for us. Uh, it wasn't an NCAA event. Uh, but transfer Avery Brown the first day was really good. Uh, Lindsey Manning, who is a uh, junior this year. Or, no, I'm sorry, a senior this year. Uh, she made all-tournament all team that event. Um, and then the next day, um, you know, obviously Danielle Jadlecki shot 300 uh, in competition. And, you know, at the, before she shot that game, uh, we were down about 200 pins off the lead. And we caught them that game. And that wasn't our highest set of the day. The next game we shot a higher set than we did when she shot 300. Oh, wow. And we took the lead by about 300 pins. Uh, so it's been a real team effort. Uh, you know, Ellie Leindecker, obviously she was Rookie of the Year and All-American. Uh, she had a good day. Um, it, it was just an all-around event. Obviously, we talked about what you were able to do last year. I know you went to the postseason tournament, uh, which was a, a historic feat for this program. You had aspirations, obviously, of winning a national championship last year. Fell a little bit short. What do you think this year's group uh, gains from last year's experience? Well, the nice thing is they've all been there now. Uh, last year was the first year for, for all of them to be at a national championship. Uh, obviously, we went to two championships because we went to the NCAA first and then the ITC second. Uh, at the ITCs, they were a lot more comfortable uh, and relaxed uh, out there competing. Uh, obviously, bowling's a funny sport. You can throw a great shot and not strike, and somebody can throw the worst shot ever and still strike and beat you. Um, but I, I think that... With this year, everybody having experience, even the transfers that came in this year, Patricia Rosales and Avery, uh, oh, my gosh, Avery Brown, she's going to kill me for not saying her name right. But uh, 
they both were in the postseason also at their schools, and, and uh, so I think that's going to help quite a bit. No doubt about it. You cannot put a price on experience. Uh, you guys are going to be competing this weekend uh, down in uh, Harahan, Louisiana. The, Colonel, the Colonial Lanes Classic looks like it's been hosted by uh, Tulane. And then you're, you're a first home meet. Uh, I don't know if it's your only home meet as I'm looking through the schedule, but you're going to host a home meet uh, in February, which obviously bowling season uh, starts in September, early October. Yeah, October uh, And 1st. goes basically almost uh, through the end of the school year, doesn't it? Yeah, we're a winter sport, but we compete all year. Yeah. So the Lady Texas will be at home in February. Matt, best of luck to you and your ladies this year. Uh, we'll be pulling for you, and uh, thanks for joining us on the, on the Inside Bulldog football. Thank you, sir. That's Lady Texas head bowling coach Matt Nantes. We'll be back with more of Skip Holtz in a moment. You're listening to the LaTeX Sports Network from Learfield. You are listening to Inside Bulldog Football with Skip Hulse, live from the Doghouse Sports Grill in Ruston, a family-friendly spot offering some of the finest food in the area. Doghouse is a tradition for Louisiana Tech football game days. Before or after the game, Doghouse has all your favorites. And when the Bulldogs are on the road, Doghouse Sports Grill is your away game party destination in Ruston. Anytime is a good time for an anytime burger or the locally revered buffalo chicken sandwich. Doghouse Sports Grill on Homer Street, Ruston, where the Bulldogs are always on. Injured athletes need quality care to get back into the game. And teams in our region understand they can score big points when they choose Willis-Knighton Sports Medicine for their athletes. Only Willis-Knighton offers four nationally recognized hospitals, professional orthopedic and sports medicine centers, sophisticated rehabilitation, and the largest group of orthopedic specialists in the region. Whether you're a high school, college, or pro athlete, WK Sports Medicine has you covered. Julia Claire Williams on behalf of the Louisiana Propane Dealers. We're all used to bad weather in Louisiana, and we know the benefits of clean, portable propane gas during those emergencies. But if your propane tank is ever damaged in a storm, you should have it inspected by a certified propane dealer. And if you ever smell gas, turn the system off at the tank and call your dealer immediately. Propane is safe energy for everyone, and we want to keep it that way. Bulldog fans help the red and blue go green by recycling on Bulldog and Lady Texters game days. In partnership with the city of Ruston, Graphics Packaging International, and Pepsi, Louisiana Tech Athletics is working towards a more sustainable game day. Be on the lookout for the city of Ruston blue recycling bins to dispose all paper, plastic, and aluminum products. While you're watching the game, enjoy a refreshing Pepsi, and then dispose of your bottle and conveniently locate a receptacle throughout the stadium concourse. Ruston residents, for more information and to sign up for curbside recycling, visit rustonrecycles.org today. Well, back at the Doghouse Sports Grill, I'm Malcolm Buller, joined by Bulldog head coach Skip Holtz. And <clears throat> just like to take a moment to thank Burt Davis and the staff here at the Doghouse Sports Grill. They've been serving up the best burgers in Ruston for a long time. They're big supporters of Louisiana Tech Athletics, and we appreciate everything that Burt Davis and his staff here at the Doghouse Sports Grill do for us. Without a doubt, and really, what <clears throat> the job Matt's done with the bowling program has been unbelievable. So it was great to hear from him tonight as well. I. I think I could be a really good bowling coach if I just put the gutter things in. Oh if yeah, I close those gutter things. I'd be a much better. I'd be a really good bowling coach. But that's about the extent of what I know about bowling. So you're not you're not going to bowl a 300 anytime soon. No, it would take me about 12 games to bowl 300. <laughs> that's kind of how like I did my GPA in college. I got a 4.0. It just wasn't all in one quarter. Um, I'm kidding. I was a pretty good student. My dad's here. He's looking at me. Um, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about. Uh, you know, as we look forward to, to UTSA coming up, uh, as a head football coach uh, with the, the UTEP game this last week, sometimes I've heard coaches say, you know what, we're not even going to watch that film. I mean, you probably, you're probably going to watch it as a coach, but sometimes you don't even show it to the players. You burn it, whatever. Uh, what do you do with a film like that? No, you watch it. I think we can get better from it. Yeah. I think we can learn from it. We can improve from it, and we can get better from it. I, you know, I'd love to. I'd love to hide from it. I'd love to. You know what I mean? Burn it. And yep. Not let anybody watch it. You know what I mean? Embarrassing for the way we played as a team, as a football coach. Uh, embarrassing for the way that we played, the way we executed, and I take ownership in that. And that's where, as a coach, you have to. I mean, in how your players perform, and. So I think we can we can watch it. There's some mistakes that we need to clean up. We had talked a little bit about uh, something like Smoke's Catch. You know what I mean? He needs to see that. Uh, it's not always easy to see your mistakes that you make on national television, but uh, you need to see it to be able to improve it 
to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So uh, we did. We watched it. We came in yesterday. We, we watched it for about an hour and 15 minutes, and then we watched all the kicking meeting had a kicking meeting, and then, then we had a team meeting and kind of recapped the whole thing, and then we uh, went down to the weight room and got a good lift. We try and lift them. The science of, of trying to stay healthy at this point uh, and what we know today is right after a game, the best thing you can do within 24 hours is get the blood flowing through your body, go run, go lift, uh, get all the toxins out of your body, get everything, all the uh, amino acids, every lactic acid, I mean, everything that's in there uh, so you can recover quicker. And so then they'll have today off, and then we'll come back. Uh, we went out on the field and practiced for an hour. We go through corrections, and then we start on UTSA and kind of put it to bed. That's why we talk about 24 hours to celebrate or 24 hours to mourn and lick your wounds. And once you're done doing that, uh, the next day comes up, and my dad taught me that, you know what, you wake up, there's there's a whole bunch of people in the world tomorrow that are going to wake up when the sun comes up, and they're not going to care less what happened in your football game. Right. I mean, and so really, you've got to take it, you got to own it, you got to try and make it better. And I use that analogy just in life, because what the, some of the lessons that you're teaching these young men, uh, you're going to have hard times. You're going to have good times, you're going to have hard times, but it's in the hard times so much that you grow the most. It's in these difficult times, and this is what uh, we're going through right now, and we just have to take it, we got to learn from it, we got to grow from it um, we got to become more determined with more resolve and grit and hopefully we can become a better football team and it's going to help us perform better this week when we play a really good UTSA team I got uh, three questions for you that have been sent in this one okay from, from Quint <clears throat> he said you've talked all along about the first half of the season being the rough side of the mountain yes uh, the team didn't appear ready against UTEP has the mountain been too rough do you think uh, and what is the plan to finish the season on a high note well, I don't know. I think it's difficult for me to say that, you know, I mean, was what effect did the beginning of the season, what effect did the tough three losses have on your football team? Yeah, it has something on it emotionally. I mean, you know, emotion spent and everything else, but it's impossible for me to tell how much that affected them. Um, and really, you know, when I look at it, I it's hard for me to say. I don't know that they, they weren't prepared when I look at the way the defense played, when I look at some of the individual performances uh, on offense. I thought the guys inside played. I thought Josh Moat played his best game of the year. Abe Delphin played really really well. Kelton Hollins played well. Marcus Williams is a really good player. Isaiah Graham continues to play well. Jared Means played a really good game. Uh, but as a group unified, I would agree. We did not perform very well. Uh, plan going forward, I mean, we've got another really <clears throat> excuse me, I, I tried to eat in about the 10 minutes <laughs> and Matt was up here speaking and I'm, I'm paying for it right now. Um, the plan for the second half, you've got a really talented UTSA team coming in here. They're ranked 24th in one poll, 25th in another. Uh, they're 7-0 and right now. They're a really good football team. Uh, and I think, I mean, it's like I'm ready to play somebody that's 1-7. and seven. You know what I mean? I'm ready I'm ready for that game. We just haven't come across it yet. You know, I mean, and we'll play another good one. And I think the plan for the second half is to uh, take a look at where we are, uh, what we've gone through, what some of the lessons that we've learned, and where we've got to get better. But I think this, this UTEP game is not characteristic of what we did in the first five. And so it's hard for me to say that's where we are now, but that's where we are in our last game. And so we've got we've to come together and we've got to try and play a great game. This is a football team we, we lost to 26-27 last year. They scored 14 points in the fourth quarter on a, on, a di on a big play and on a third and one where they split the middle and we got out of a gap and it went to the house. So um, we know we can line up and play with these guys. We know that they're very talented. We know what's going to be a tall order for us. But as I said at the very beginning of the season, the hard part for this football team I didn't think was going to be talent. I think there's an awful lot of talent on this football team. I think the hard part was taking so many pieces as transfers and trying to get them to gel together to become one. Uh, we've been close, but I won't. I'm anxious to see if yesterday was just an anomaly or if that's kind of where we're going to go from here. So uh, I'm excited to watch this football team play. It's homecoming this week. Uh, I know two and four is nobody Nobody wanted that record. Uh, nobody looks at that. And I just look forward to seeing everybody this weekend. Uh, we need your support. We need you to come out. It's homecoming. If you hadn't been back to Ruston in a while, it's certainly changed, not just from a football standpoint, but when you look at all the athletic facilities that have been built, the new baseball stadium, softball 
complex soccer stadium, when you look at the new chemistry building or the new engineering building that's been built, all the new dorms, uh, Ruston's changed. It's not it's not little old sleepy Ruston anymore. It's growing up. And so uh, I encourage everybody to come back, and we look forward to seeing you, and we certainly are going to need our Bulldogs here loud and proud uh, to help us in a, in a really big challenge this week against UTSA. No doubt about it. Uh, the next question from Ben in Shreveport, uh, he's basically asking about uh, the offensive line uh, and saying it looked you know, so good against Mississippi State and North yep. Carolina State, and it looked like it regressed on Saturday. Well, yeah, I think, as I said, Byron Russell hurt his shoulder in pregame. Uh, Byron Russell hurt his shoulder and was very limited in that game, had to actually move him over to the other side So because his good shoulder is the one that has to punch. So we had to move him over to the other side, and then Chris Fournier had turned his ankle during the course of the game, um, and I don't think we played very well at tackle. I thought the three guys inside played very well, uh, but the two tackles did not perform as well as they can, but they also both went through a little bit of an injury, and I thought Dakota White went in and did some good things, but we've got to continue to develop our depth there. But uh, I think I would agree with your your decision or your um, your comment, Ben, about we didn't play as well at tackle, but I did think we played pretty well inside. Uh, this one does not have a name on it, uh, basically, and you've, we've addressed it, but you can give us the 60-second. It just talks about the red, str- red zone struggles that we had. And coming into that game, I think we were like 14 to 15 in the red zone this year, so that had not been an issue for Louisiana Tech. Yeah, I think we were top 10 in the country yeah. in our red zone production, and so it was very uncharacteristic for what we've done uh, so far this year. We've done a really good job of protecting the ball. And, I, again, like I said, I give UTEP an awful lot of credit for the job – or uh, UTEP an awful lot of credit – for the job that they did, but we've got to have a better plan as a staff, and we've got to do a better job of executing it down in the red zone and understanding, uh, especially as a quarterback, and throwing the football down there. An incompletion is not a bad thing. Throw the thing out of the back of the end zone. Let's line up and kick the field goal and make sure we get out. We get points off of, uh, points because if we're down there, we've already got points on the board with an automatic field goal kicker like Jacob Barnes. So, uh, no, we've been really good down there, but uncharacteristically, we certainly weren't on Saturday as we were 0 for 5 in the red zone. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here from the Doghouse Sports Grill. You're listening to Inside Bulldog Football on the LaTeX Sports Network from Learfield. We're about living in the moment. You know, that moment when you open a Pepsi and hear the music. We're the doers, the shakers, the tastemakers ones who dance to their own beat. The ones who stay cool when things heat up. Whether the party is big or small. We're the ones who never want it to end. The ones who can't stop. And never will. The beat starts at Pepsi.com. Live for now. Life's just more fun on a new Easy Go from Fairway Carts in Minden. It's more fun tailgating or camping with the family with an Easy Go multi passenger cart. It's more fun hunting and doing farm chores with an Easy Go utility cart. And Fairway Carts always has a great selection of Easy Go gas or electric carts with the performance you need and the value to please any budget. Have more fun on a new Easy Go from Fairway Carts in Minden. Call 318 371 CART and go Bulldogs! The Hampton Inn by Hilton of Ruston is a proud hotel partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and the recipient of the Louisiana Travel and Promotion Association Accommodations of the Year. We are just minutes from Louisiana Tech campus and stadiums and take great pride in providing our guests exceptional service while they're in town visiting our beautiful community. With our spacious guest rooms, free internet, complimentary breakfast, and friendly staff, our guests are sure to experience true Southern hospitality. Come visit the Hampton Inn by Hilton of Ruston. We will ever loyal be. It's a new season. Get ready for more men's and women's college sports excellence. Trophies will be awarded in June to schools who take the top spot in the 2021-22 Learfield Directors' Cup. The premier award recognizes one winning institution in all competitive divisions. Follow your favorite team's progress as seasonal standings are announced at L Directors' Cup on Twitter and online at directorscup.org. The crowning achievement in college athletics. 
It's important to take care of yourself, and that's why the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs use Rust and Apothecare for their prescription needs. Hometown owner Heather Jewel Fur is passionate about our Bulldogs and their health. With a friendly staff and a convenient drive through Rust and Apothecare will keep you in the game. Call today to get your prescription filled. 318-255-3223. Rust and Apothecare, a proud partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics. Well, welcome back to Inside Bulldog Football here at the Doghouse Sports Grill. Skip, we're going to try to wrap things up uh, really quickly. Just a reminder, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, is the kickoff at Joy Stadium, Louisiana Tech, UTSA. Uh, talk a little bit about UTSA. Yeah, really talented team. They're 7-0 and right now. They're ranked 24th in one poll, 25th in the other. Uh, they've got 10 starters back on offense. They've got four seniors and a junior up front. Three of them are all conference. Their running backs are returning All-American. Their quarterback's a dual threat. He's thrown three interceptions in seven games, and they're 13th in the country right now in 38 points a game and what they're doing offensively. Uh, defensively, is just a solid. They have 10 starters. Starters back on defense. They've got two shutouts this year. Uh, they're 22nd in points given up and from a nation and fifth in rushing yards on a national scope. So really talented team. Their kicker and punter are both all-conference players, and their punt returner is leading the conference, and he's eighth in the nation right now. So uh, very, very talented football team. Great challenge for us this week. Uh, I want to thank Matt for sharing a little bit about the bowling the bowling program. Everybody here at the Doghouse, I cannot thank everybody for coming out each and every week. I appreciate your loyal support. You guys have been awesome. I thank you, Quint, Ben, and uh, No Name for your questions. I appreciate everybody being involved, and thank everybody for being here tonight. I really do appreciate it during hard times. And see ya. See ya. Good night, everybody. Live from the Doghouse Sports Grill, this has been Inside Bulldog Football with Skip Holtz. Brought to you by Doghouse Sports Grill, official watch party host of La Tech Athletics. Origin Bank, the official bank of Louisiana Tech Athletics. And by Northern Louisiana Medical Center, the official imaging partner of La Tech Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the LaTeX Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.